Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tennis Weekly with Joel, Kim and Chris. On today's Tour Catch-Up, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Maria Sakkari wins her first 1,000 title. Team World thrashes Team Europe en route to the Labour Cup. And the Davis Cup Final 8 is set for Malaga. Kim, Chris, today is the 26th of September and we are here to catch up on the week in tennis at Tennis Weekly HQ. The Asian swing is upon us. Guadalajara is over and Maria Sakkari is your champion. Her first ever 1000 title. We also had Team World destroy Team Europe in the Labour Cup, which we're going to be talking about. And we're also going to be looking forward to the Davis Cup knockout draw in Malaga, which is set. So as always, lots to talk about. Our first tour catch-up after the US Open. Myself and Chris, we are we are ready and recharged from Manchester. And Kim, you are you are back and we are we are here as a trio. We're all good to go. I'm very relieved to be a trio <laughs> yes. again, not a duo, Joel. We spent a lot of time together. Yeah, we last have week. spent arguably too much time together. Yeah, you were getting a bit cosy for... in Manchester, weren't you? So those, those I'm here two to break rooms, up the party. Those two, the two bedrooms were too close for comfort for my liking. Normally, part of their the, the minimum accommodation commitment, it has to be separate sides of the flat. This is why I want the travel lodge. The travel lodge, you get two two separate rooms in a hotel. It's, it's very easy. I know you love your and apartments. Don't tell, don't tell each other the room number. <laughs> Does Joel snore? Is that the big secret here? I think Joel just takes 14 showers a day. Is that only I do issue? love a shower. So I always I just put love him near a shower the bathroom. In yeah, the morning, exactly. in the evening. I'd have one at lunchtime as well if I could. Joel, you shouldn't admit that. It's unenvironmentally friendly. <laughs> and we need to be a sustainable somewhere. podcast. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm probably the reason for it uh, in Manchester, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, showers aside, uh, we've got lots of tennis to catch up on. But also, you know, there's been, I think, some fun things off the tennis court that um, I've been enjoying this past week. Week. Top of my list is Annabelle Croft making her Strictly Dancing, uh, Strictly Come Dancing debut on Saturday night with a cha cha cha. Don't know if many of our listeners who are based in the UK watch Strictly. I, I feel like there's quite a high correlation between tennis fans and Strictly fans. So I'm going to guess that a lot of people will and have seen Eurovision her fans dance. and Eurovision well. fans. So how did you rate Annabelle Croft's? Cha cha cha. What do you think of her chances? What would you give? For, what would you for give any it? of our listeners who are actually wondering who Annabelle Croft is, she is the <laughs> she's a ten, tennis commentator on Amazon Prime, former seemingly top everywhere. Wimbledon, player. former top twenty player. Kim, what was what was your assessment? Well, she was very clean and crisp, and I, I know this sounds a bit bad, but I thought she was better. She was better than I expected her to be. I thought she might be a bit wooden, like Judy Murray was when she was on the show. Oh, 
but oh, a- Annabelle in, was much in, more on it. Him. I know. I thought but, that Judy was very fluid in her movements. <laughs> oh, uh, well. Um, but I think, you know, it's a nice partnership with Johannes and she was very clean and crisp and, you know, had great timing. So, um, and obviously she's like still super fit and flexible. Mm. You know, she keeps up with the fitness. So, she's very yeah, competitive, I'm isn't to... she? I think she's very mm. competitive. I once saw her in celebrity cage fighting. That was a TV show once. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow. Did, well, I was going to ask Kim. Did she? Uh, did she get a uh, seven? She did. I think she got four sevens. Oh, did she get four sevens? Yeah, oh, I'm wow. sure she got four sevens. Okay. So that's a very good, encouraging score. Um, all I wish is we have you know more tennis players doing strictly. We could have a whole instead of the Labour Cup. Maybe next year we could just get them all to do some dancing. What what tennis player? Very quickly, what tennis player? If there's one, who would you like to see on Strictly Come Dancing? I do think Novak Djokovic would be very good, to Ooh, be fair. Yeah. He's very, yeah. Like, obviously we know he's very fit. I think he'll have really good frame and posture. So I, I would actually yes. quite like to see. And I think he'd be up for doing like fun, you know, uh, mm. themed dances as well. So I, I I would totally tune in for him, actually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, that's a tricky one. I was thinking maybe the person that Joel thought was doing Strictly when he texted us to say on the group that... It wasn't Annabelle Croft. Who did you think it was, Joel? You thought who it was Radwanska. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she did do Strictly in yeah, Poland, she I did. think. She, yeah, yeah, she did the Polish she did. version. Yeah. And Saranika Stay has done it in Romania as well, mm. I think. I think Francis Tiafo just needs to do the American version when he retires. I think he will say he'll be, he's quite the entertainer. He'd be quite fun as well. Mm, I agree. But talking of fitness... Garbina Muguruza has gone into a new fitness-related adventure as well. I'm worried, right? Kim. I'm worried, Kim. Is 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 she looking for her second career? Because this is my this has been my highlight, not of just the last week. I feel like, to be honest, the last couple of weeks, because all over her social media channels, she's been um, flaunting um, her Zum- Zumba classes. Zumba her classes, her Zumba classes, and uh, it's got me nervous for her tennis career. I'm not going to lie. It looks like she's having. A lot of fun off the court, which is which is great to see. But um, yeah, she's she's getting properly into it, isn't she? How do I sign up to join her Zumba class? Is it is <laughs> I think it you online? can stream it? I think you can Ooh. stream it. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, she she was on a stage. I mean, it's not just like she's taking a Zumba class, is it? She's leading this mm. big workouts, Joel. And I guess that's what's causing most concern is that this feels like it isn't just a. This feels like a long-term contract, a long-term football-style contract. Lie. It's, I am happy, but I am sort of worried or slightly kind of like, is she having so much fun that actually she's like, I've got, I've got enough money in the bank. I, you know, I might just sack off tennis completely because I think she, you know, she's not. We're not heard like she's she's not been as assertive, I think, as someone like Naomi Osaka when it comes to. 2024 at the moment in terms of like I'm definitely coming back this is my schedule yeah her mind seemingly is elsewhere at the moment I definitely do a Zumba class with her though I mean that might be the thing to get me back into fitness because it's been a long time Ooh, overdue Kim, I can I can see it now we'll, we'll, we'll wait for the the Muguruza fronted Zumba class Croydon edition oh I can see it now <laughs> Outside oh Box Park. Yeah, Box Park in Croydon. <laughs> um, and Chris, your highlight of the week, you've just put down on our notes that Novak Djokovic met a goat and that was your highlight. Yes. Is that right? That's That was my hi- well, highlight. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> I just was scrolling and thought, this is the content that I didn't know I needed. Normally, I like to go for something a bit of a curveball, you know, where it's um, a bit niche. But this is obviously one of the most obvious things. You know, if you are the goat, arguably... This was a photo call waiting to happen. 
You know, why did he wait so long? Yeah, this, after is, this feels 24? so obvious. Why has it not been done before? The goat I mean, meeting must... a goat. Yeah, and people were like, which one is the goat? I can't tell. And I'm like, honestly, oh. it's, it is hard to tell. But <laughs> Hilarious. Bad. I know people do, people do love it. So I just thought it gave me some light relief. And I also think, you know, the goat seemed lovely. And so if he does um, hang up his tennis racket, which I don't think he's going to be doing anytime soon, you know, he could become a goat farmer, which I think might be quite a nice <laughs> idea for him. That just reminds me of when Roger Federer was given a cow for, I think, winning Wimbledon. Yes. So maybe they could... No, I, was, I think it was one of his home together. tournaments, wasn't it? It was like in, I think it was in Switzerland, wasn't it? In oh, I don't know now. I just have visions of him got a lot this of cow. Yeah, yeah exactly. it was like an odd, yeah, just an odd prize. Right. Let's move on to the tennis uh, that we saw last week. Um, the main event was in Guadalajara. It was a thousand level event for the WTA. And we had a champion that we haven't seen uh, lift a trophy in a long time, Maria Sakkari. She uh, has lost, you know, lost her last six finals, but she finally uh, was able to pick up a title by beating Caroline Dollahide in the final in straight set 7-5-6-3. It's her first title in four years. And I know we've spoken about her having a lot of struggles this year. And she seems to have, you know, regained what she had before and come back with a bit of a bang um, to, to get, the, you know, the biggest title of, of her career. I mean, Chris, watching Zachary win this title, what did you kind of, what was your overall impression of how she played throughout the week and what is it that she's now doing that she hasn't been doing this season so far? Well, I think she did fantastically to win the Guadalajara 250 tournament. I think it was um, a really good performance there. But I mean... I think it's great to see she picked herself up after the disappointment, obviously, at the US Open. But it does help when none of the world's top six players bother to go to the 1000 tournament. Um, but again, having said that, she has played you no know, 250s, like genuine 250s, where we've thought this is a done deal and she hasn't come through. So there still is a massive step for her that she is able to get it done against players who she should get it done against, which isn't always you know, a dead cert for Maria Sakkari. So... Um, Going one better than the previous year, I think, is really positive. And some of the results, kind of, I mean, against Garcia and against Azarenka, she was, um, not Azarenka, against uh, Garcia, she was particularly kind of emphatic um, in those results. I mean, bageling um, Garcia, who's been playing pretty well, um, I think was a very good performance. So the highest sort of ranked player that she could have met in her side of the draw, she did take on and she, she came through very easily. So it's a great result for her. And hopefully... And we say this a lot, but hopefully the curse is lifted and we can see her much happier on and off the court. Yeah, it was straight sets all week, all week for her. And, and, you know, she was the number two seed. But like you said, even though you know, like going into this tournament, we probably wouldn't have predicted her to have done particularly well just based on her, her form this year. So these are the, exactly the sort of tournaments she needs to be winning or getting to the final, you know, given her, her ranking when we don't have like the real top, top, um, you know, the world number one, twos and threes there. Um Joel, what was your sort of impression of, of Zachary this week? I know Chris has mentioned about, you know, you can take the win with a slight pinch of salt. She's not, you know, fully up to battling with the very best, but still a positive result. Absolutely. And and, and I would also I would also say, actually, regardless of, of who is in the draw, 
I almost kind of felt the biggest opponent to Maria Sakkari was herself. We've seen her implode at times in relatively easier draws. And again, in this in this moment, you would have felt like this is a big opportunity to, you know, win my first ever 1000 title. And um, I was impressed with how dominant it was throughout the week. I mean, straight sets, bagel against Garcia. And to consider where she was at in her frame of mind at the US Open, you know, losing to um, Masarova. You know, we all saw that press conference when she was in in tears. We would we were wondering if she was going to take a break from tennis. I think I even said I I think she should have a break from tennis. And you know, to see all those kind of critics come at her in terms of her ranking and the lack of titles that she's had. You know, her um, relationship and her coaching relationship, sorry, with Tom Hill has also come under fire, and whether she should be changing that up. And I think she'll look at this result and be like, this is me serving my critics. And I I think there's some interesting parallels with Coco Goff, for example, in terms of the fact that, you know, she's had her critics this season, answered them with that US Open title victory. And I sort of feel that, yes, regardless of, of the draw and the calibre and the quality of the draw, that Zachary has to an extent answered her critics with her first ever 1000 title. But do you think you can make that comparison given kind of the fact that Coco Goff went on to win a 500, a 1000 and a Grand Slam. You know, this is this is Guadalajara without the world's top I, six. I agree. I, I agree that that, that is a more, an impressive, a more impressive feat. And that was across a whole summer. And this is just, you know, one tournament and, you know, a non-mandatory 1000 event in, you know, Mexico at the end of the season for the women. But at the same time, the I think just the, the trials and the tribulations that Zachary has gone through and the way she almost kind of you know, has, has beaten herself up, call, I think, think mentally yeah. on the court. Um, I think, you know, this week she was a lot more, she was a lot happier. You know, she spoke about in press conference, she was be- feeling a lot more positive and that was her mindset. And it's almost that kind of, I think that's almost kind of freed her um, in terms of her tennis. And it's something like, I think almost you want to see a little bit on the men's side with Andrew Rublev, you know, offer us a, a little bit of a smile every now and again on the tennis court. Because again, I think that positive mindset really did wonders for Zachary this week. I think also even, you know, Coco Goff winning the US Open, she made that speech afterwards where she addressed those critics. You can't help but be a bit inspired by that. And maybe Zachary did kind of take that on yeah. board as well. I'm sure she would have, you know, tuned in and, and heard that. But I mean, yeah, it's great for Zachary. She did have a bit of a ranking difference in the final, you know, Caroline Dollarhide ranked 111th in the world, you know, not played not at the anymore, stage Kim. before not anymore no she will have gone up of course and she had a great week you know getting to her first 1000 final she beat Sophia Kennan in the um, semi-finals as well so you know Kennan also having a really good week on tour um, it's been a long time since she's been at this stage of a of a 1000 event so those players really making the most of yeah the top six players not not being there um, but yeah, what do you make of Caroline Dollarhide do you think she's one to watch you know making her way up the rankings well, Joel, you can gloat here because just before this tournament, Joel turned to me and said, has Dollarhide reached her peak? <laughs> and I said, yes, she has. Fast forward one was, week was to the final in, of Was 000. it in Prague when we were in the arena with about four people at, at midnight watching her play doubles? 
Well, we've always we've always followed her career for whatever. I think it was that reason that she was playing with Coco Vanderway in a mm. very tricky USA tie yeah. against Spain. And um, I think we've seen her have more success on the doubles court than the singles court. So I think for her, I mean, this is life changing, you know, when it comes to your ranking, when it comes to what tournaments you can enter, when it comes to, you know, access to funds that you might get if now that you're ranked inside the top hundred. Um, and quite way into the top 100 yeah, now with ranks these in points. the top 50 I think I think she's going to be in into like 442 and it's fantastic yeah and I think I think the the the, the upside I think for someone like Dollarhide with this event is the fact that it's come at the end of the season those ranking points are going to be there for all the Grand Slams you know next season so you know, for her, it's it's going to be great knowing that she's probably going to be able to get into these main draws, um, you know, with finalist points from Guadalajara and the prize money that opens up, um, you know, for her at minimum, you know, with those first round, maybe even second, third round uh, appearance fees. It's, it's going to be, it's going to do her a world of good. And, you know, American tennis, I think on the women's side, we've had a few players come through, you know, this season, you know, Peyton Stearns, Emma Navarro and, and Dollarhide again, maybe Kenin is back as well. Kenan as well. They they all seem to really um have Taylor come Townsend's on. only on the way up. Mm. And uh yeah, it's it's impressive, I think, from Dollarhide. Maybe she sought sought inspiration from that and being like, Well, these American girls, they're you know, they're they're all doing the business and you know, I don't I don't want to miss my shot here. And uh she certainly took it in the you know, in the top half of that draw. Yes, um, you know, she probably uh, you know, there you know, it's again similar to the kind of the Zachary comments around the, the quality of the draw, but the fact you're going unseeded all the way through, that is that is impressive in itself. Yeah, and uh, I mean, great week for her. Great week for Zachary. Zachary obviously likes Guadalajara as well because she did come. Uh, I was going to say she came second last year. She was a runner-up last Silver year. Silver medalist to, to JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Formula One race. She came second. Um, but yeah, um, so she's gone one better this time around. And talking of you know tennis in Mexico, we also had some news uh, recently in the last couple of weeks that uh, the WTA finals are going to be in Cancun this year um, at the end of October. Spring so break! Not far away. <laughs> um, it's been quite a late decision in the day. There was a lot of rumours about it being in Saudi Arabia, but obviously quite a that's quite a critical step if it had have been but it yeah they've decided to go with Cancun in Mexico so um what do you both make of that just you know quick word before we we move on well it was a big a big surprise to us I think a lot of people had thought that maybe Prague was going to edge it um because of the backlash that was received about um I think if they had had their way it, it would have been Saudi Arabia I think that was a real risk. And I think, to be honest, that this year they tested the water when Billie Jean King came out in support of potentially yep. playing there. I think they were going to see what the backlash would be like. And I think they thought this year is not the year to do it um, based on what people had kind of responded to that and how that had not been well received. Um, but I do think it was, again, how are we in this situation where it almost makes the Billie Jean King Cup impossible for the top players to play? Um, it's going to be a similar situation where they're going to now have to fly across multiple time zones um, to get to a tournament almost as soon as the end of season finals have started. And some of these players are playing in doubles and singles at that event, like Coco Goff and Jesse Pagula. So if they're nothing was learned, well, nothing was learned last year. And I think it's a case where if it, if in doubt the WTA does tend to make not the best decision, I'm pleased it's not in Saudi Arabia, but in terms of what's best for, you know, people, spectators for the Billie Jean King Cup, um, for the players and kind of 
um, for the players' health, I really do think it, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Going from sorry from China to Mexico, yeah. then back um, yeah. to, to play the Village in King Cup in Seville. I mean, the only the only thing I would add is that I think well, we've seen in Guadalajara that the crowds and the atmosphere have been great. I mean, the the I mean the 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 um, the capacity we got, I feel, for dollar high Zachary in the final was like impressive alone. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that Cancun will provide a really great atmosphere. More than Fort um, Worth. More than Fort Worth, mm. ex- exactly. Um, but from a practical point of view, it just feels like, why why didn't they just do it in Europe? Um, I don't know what the reasoning behind not being in Prague was, but there felt like a real clear and obvious solution to have it more joined up with um you know the billy jean king cup finals and make both events look strong but because we've had this situation it might be that both events look weak because you know cancun's going to be a bit of an unknown i think you know we've not really heard that as a place we've we've seen tennis before prague is a lot more of a I think of a sure thing and it's i think a little bit of a gamble in terms of if it doesn't pay off it's going to make both events um, you know, look bad, the WTA finals and the Billie Jean King Cup finals. Well, I mean, I'm waiting for Iga to come back and say, you know, another statement saying she wishes that she could, but she couldn't. She was the world number one yeah. last year, you know, when that came out. And How many of those statements do you think we're going to get? Do, do you think it's it, writing's on the wall already? It was a hot topic in for the Davis Cup as well in terms of that format. And I think... Um, the players are starting to get a bit more power through some of these social media moments. But if they didn't listen last year, I'm not sure why they would listen this year because um, they haven't um, and why they listen next year. So, I mean, if you are a player, I think representing your country does become quite challenging at the moment if you're on the WTA tour. Yeah, well, we'll see how Cancun goes. It is just for 2023, so we may actually be going to Saudi Arabia next year still. That, that's on the cards. It feels like we're just paying off the inevitable, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. Let's uh, look at what else happened on tour, well, off tour, I should say, last week, because we had the Laver Cup, uh, which is, you know, uh, although it's a, a tournament, it is very much still an, an exhibition uh, event. It's not an, an ATP uh, event, although there was a bit of, I think, I was going to say, debate not, in between of, uh, <laughs> not in the mind of Felix Ejali, I Yeah, FAA and, and Monfils got into a bit of an argument during their match, but... Um, Basically, it was a very uh, one-sided affair in the 2023 edition out in Vancouver. Europe losing, only winning one rubber. Uh, Team World winning 13 uh, points to two. Absolutely dominant. Um, and, you know, it was just they only needed to win the doubles match on the last day to, to secure the, the trophy. Um Joel, I know we've we've discussed previously about the Labour Cup and it has its shortcomings, but what did you make of this year's edition? Um, you know, very very one-sided. What a mess! I think um, you know this this was not competition-wise. I don't think the matches were particularly great. The fact that it was over so soon on day three, it didn't really have a gripping climax. And yeah, it's a massive turnaround, isn't it? I mean, we would we you know when this when this competition started, we thought you know Team Europe are always the the dominant force. So it's been a real turnaround from from that perspective. But I think for me that that Monfils and Felix Auger Aliassim um, hoo ha between them sort of summed it up in that I still don't feel like regardless of how many additions we've had, I'm still not sure the players know what the Labour Cup is. I don't know if the fans know what the Labour Cup is. I don't know what the Labour Cup is. Is it an exhibition? Are we meant to take it seriously? 
And that's the thing that I think needs there needs to be clarity because Monfils is playing it like, you know, he's the entertainer and he's an exhibition. And Ojalia seems like getting angry because you know, he's frustrated with his, his season so far and he's treating it very, very seriously. And as a result of not knowing what it is, I'm just not sure what to make of it. But why is my big question? Like, why does it exist, Kim? Yeah, it has an identity crisis, I think. And for FAA, I mean, winning the Labour Cup, it's not really going to go on your list of career accomplishments. He Is looked it? very happy. This year it would, that's for sure. <laughs> he well, didn't let the go of that trophy. At the champagne was flowing at the end, but it, it doesn't feel... It just doesn't feel quite right. And I think I get that we are still in the very early stages of this, you know, this competition and, you know, things like the Ryder Cup, you know, in golf, which has been compared to, that's been around for, you know, forever. And you need, you almost need to build up a, a heritage. But it certainly feels to me like, like this could be the end of like a, a generation one type Labour Cup. I, I would like to see some changes kind of brought in. Um, you know, there's been talk around the captaincy and the fact that we've had McEnroe and Borg and, and you know, whether we should be changing it up and, you know, talk, people talking about Federer, Federer. And, and Andy Roddick being, you know, Ooh, next captains. Yes. But certainly I think that there needs to be something now that, that needs to change in order to not, not let this slip um, because this was just a bit meh, wasn't it? You need big players. It's the first time they've played it without any top five players playing, which makes a big difference. I mean, last year, I mean, some of those iconic photos of like, you know, the big four, you know, going out for dinner, the fact they were all playing on the same court and practice. It was, it was really an iconic event and probably I thought would breathe some life into it. But obviously without all of those players committing to be there and obviously with Federer's retirement, there was extra focus last year. Um, but it does just feel very elitist and a lot of the stuff they go through when they're getting fitted for their suits and all of this sort of stuff. And it's a bit peculiar because this isn't the highest quality of tennis that you'll see this year. This isn't the world's top five playing against each other and playing for Team Europe versus Team World. It's actually, you know, a selection of Team Europe that aren't the highest ranked playing against Americans and North Americans plus Francisco Serendulo. So it doesn't have that same feeling of really being truly Team World it seems very Western in its perspective. And I really would like um, there to be a, a new iteration that was more exhibition focused, which did have some of the older players who may have retired playing um, exhibitions as well as. So um, you would like it to be players. more exhibition focused and a bit more of a laugh as opposed to like all seriousness. We must win at all costs type. It's, I just think it's a bit funny. It's just these people getting fitted in suits to play this really important mm. thing, but there's nothing important on the line. I don't think anyone understands really what's going on and why this is a big deal because the only people it seems to be a big deal for is the people that are paid there to stand in a suit all week and maybe sit on the bench like Milos Raonic for a week. So for me personally, I find it very confusing. And I think for fans who pay a lot of money to see it, I think this year has not been the experience they were hoping for, especially on that final day when they paid a lot of money um, and again, they are aware you might not get to see four matches on the last day if it's not close. Um, but I do just think it doesn't necessarily work for the fans either based on what I've seen on social media. So I sound here a bit negative. I could get on board with this. I think it just needs to really be improved and it ha needs to find a space where it can do you think really it should do be every year? elevate tennis. Do you think it should be every year? I don't think it should be every year. I think that's a, a great point. I think I would love to see Federer playing it in an exhibition with someone else, like, almost like a, a Hotman Cup, Cup type event for players past and present. Because um, I think that would really add some excitement to it, that even if you aren't necessarily seeing some of the top players of the now, 
you are seeing mm. some of the top players that you'd love to still see on a tennis court. Yeah, that would be fun. I think getting Roger and Rafa back. Basically, we want to see Roger and Rafa. Again. Basically, yeah. that's I think the origin. Well, I, I, mean, I when honestly it was first think the highlight. Up, of, that's of, what it was. Wasn't I it? honestly think the highlight of of this was of of the whole event was see Roger Federer back on it. We saw <laughs> yes. on social media just saw him back Showing on the court hitting some backhands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the highlight, which I think you know says a lot about an event that wants to take itself really, really seriously, but. Are we really going to be talking about these matches and analysing them? The answer is no. Casper Ruiz might want you to analyse <laughs> oh, yes. his only win for Team Europe over Tommy Paul. Very true. Casper uh, yes. Ruiz, what, well what a Kasper. hero. <laughs> Flying the flag. Yeah. Well, if you weren't tuned into the Labour Cup, you might have been tuned into a, a trio of 250 tournaments out in China. We had Guangzhou, uh, which was won by uh, Wang Ziyu. Uh, she captured her first WTA title, beating one of your favourites, Joel, Magdalenette. Six, love, six, two in the final. Yeah, um, so Yeah, very exciting. So debut uh, titleist for, for her. And yeah, hasn't been often really that you get players winning events in their home country as well. So she's just the fifth person to do that this year. Um, but yeah, Lynette very well and truly beaten in the final there. And um, we had Chengdu as well uh, for the ATP, which uh, Sasha Zverev uh, was the victor in defeating Roman Safulin in three sets uh, to clinch that one. Uh, Safulin was in his first ever tour level final. Um, that was quite close though. Zverev was literally two points away from losing that one, wasn't he? I mean, Zverev has been playing some great tennis post post French Open. Um, I think you know, I was reading, you know, it's it's not a tall order to imagine him potentially ending in the, ending the season in the top five. And considering how his season started, is that... Do you think that's testament to how well, you know, Zverev has been playing over the last few months? Or is it testament to the fact that all the players around him are not not really performing at the levels they should be? I think he's playing a good schedule for ranking. Um, I think some of the top players who haven't necessarily got the results haven't dropped down to some of these lower level tournaments. Um, I think playing Hamburg is a really good place to get 500 points um, because that's not necessarily always the strongest field. And then... Um, I think, you know, when you look at the, the top players in the top three who are probably going to stay there for a little while now based on where they picked up their points this year, I think there's probably, you know, there's probably a bit of a space there kind of from four to six where I think you can see a few players, if they up their game, they'd be able to elevate themselves there. Um, so I think he's he's picking up the points and, and that's kind of what um, you've got to do, you know, especially when you want to kind of get seeded better to get better draws and, you know, get get a draw that doesn't give you Carlos Alcaraz in the quarterfinals of the US Open. Um, like obviously he he faced when he was there with a bit of an injury, I believe. But the thing I was going to say, Joel, about this tournament is we saw Max Purcell take on Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson oh, was yes. sat on the bench the entire week at the Davis Cup, even though he had a pretty good ranking and he clearly was just ready to get going because he actually... <laughs> he, wanted, he had a point to prove to Hewitt, didn't he? He, had, he did. He sprung an upset and got through that one. Um, in straight sets so I did think that was kind of interesting because you've seen these players mm. and who should play where and what should happen and um, it does put a different perspective on things Joel 
Yeah, definitely. And I think we've also got Murray versus Alex de Menor, uh in Beijing in the first round. So yeah, it's quite interesting to see the, like, although it doesn't happen in the Davis Cup format, what it could, could happen happened? the next week on the ATP Tour and it could be completely different. So yeah, fascinating to see. And I don't know if that gives genuine food for thought for, for Leighton Hewitt in terms of, you know, who he brings. I get that Max Purcell is is sort of the linchpin, the fact that he can play doubles and singles. But yeah, Jordan Thompson, no slouch on the singles court. And maybe, maybe he was a little bit underutilised just... Uh, you know, warming the bench um, in Manchester. We also had Zhu Hai, uh, which was won by Haran... Haran? Karen Hanchinov. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a silent K somewhere. Um, <laughs> he's back, his first title in almost five years. Uh, he beat Nishioka in straight sets. Five um, years? Five years? I know. That, doesn't okay. real. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Is it real? Well, apparently so. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just, that's, that's madness, really. Um, he has had difficulties this year, though. He got mm. a stress fracture um, during Roland Garros in the quarterfinal and hasn't really played since you know until then until the US Open so um, it's not one since Paris that would be is that right Paris 2018 that sounds about right yeah I mean we talked Um, about Maria Zachary's title drought that was Rabat 2019 I believe in May so I mean he's he's a pretty top player to have not picked up a title in that much time so I guess it does make the point that if you don't play the right tournaments you're not going to pick up the titles yeah and I think from from Kachinov's point of view I think it just shows that it's frustrating he gets these injury setbacks because if he had had a clean schedule for this year the, the you know the tennis I think he has been playing I think he would have been more of a dead cert to be in that that top eight for the you know the year end season finals he might you know he might still get there but certainly the stop-start nature of, of him, his schedule, it just is, has made it a little bit more challenging. So it's great to see him kind of come back and just show he's basically just picking up where he left off. Yes. And uh, let's take a very quick break now after all of those uh, tournaments we've run through. Uh, we'll be back in the second half to discuss the Davis Cup final eight draw in Malaga, uh, the trial of performance buys in Tokyo and also ultimate tennis showdown player nicknames. So do not go anywhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome back to the Tennis Weekly Podcast, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Now we're going to move on to... 
a little bit of fun. Uh, we've got a new game uh, that we're new trying. Game. We're breaking the system. It's not <laughs> part of the courts and it's not mysterious player. Kim, we do have. I've had a, I've had a trial of this. It's not easy. <laughs> yes. Is this designed to stop you from winning, Chris? Though maybe. I think well, it's designed that Joel might be able to win one. L- yes. Oh. <laughs> it's actually a bit of both. But less listeners is very exciting. We're going to be tra- we're going to be testing a new game. This is a game me and Chris. Uh, we 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 came up with it in in the pub. I'm, I have no lie, as all, as all great things do, we came up with it in the pub, um, in in Manchester um, during the, the the Davis Cup um, group stages um, last week. But um, yes, new game. I haven't actually got a name for it yet. So as we go, listeners, if you've got any ideas for a name for this game, I'm just going to call it Joel's game at the moment. But... I thought we, I thought we actually agreed on one because I'm not oh, sure I want we? to play Joel's game. I oh. thought it was collector set higher or lower. I d- okay, okay, right. Let's call it collector set higher or lower for now. But I'm all, I'm open. I'm open to other names. I don't know if collector set confuses things, but we'll do a vote. I'm not sure Joel's game is going to get that many votes. <laughs> Fine. Not sure that's going to be a top seller. Give us, give, give us your suggestions. Right. Okay. So, right. The idea here is in this game, uh, it is career high ranking, higher or lower, and you two are working as a team. So you're not facing off against each other. Finally. You're working as a team <laughs> against me. I'm going to give you. We do you... that anyway. Sorry. <laughs> I am going to give you a player. And you're going to think of their career high ranking. And you're going to tell me if it's higher or lower or same as the player before. And the idea is to get six correct answers in a row. Hence the collector set, the collector set format. So just to clarify, it's career high ranking, not current ranking. No, career high ranking. And to start with, I'm going to give you a player and their their number. So, listen, this is your time to get pen and paper at the ready for a new game in, in Tennis Weekly Law. Kim and Chris, are you ready? Ready to play Joel's game. Ooh, okay, Joel's right. Game. We're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna take things easy. So is it the Roger player Federer we're gonna one? start with <laughs> and their ranking is David Ferrer, and he had a career high ranking of three. So that is Ooh, our starting point. I said Ooh, six okay. or something like that. Okay. There's so, not much higher you can go yes, with that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, as I say, I'm taking it easy to begin with. So this should be okay. a very obvious a choice here. So the player I'm going to give you, higher or lower career high ranking, Ivo Karlovic. Oh, higher, sh- lower or same. He's surely not been as high as three in the world, has he, Chris? Not a chance. So it's got I, to be I lower. I think he's edged the top 20 but never I think he might have been game. 10 maybe once for like a week maybe okay. what are you going with well, well, we'll say lower yeah lower. definitely lower correct yes oh thank god Ivo he was well lower we forgot about it a career high ranking 14 oh okay well I guess we were in the middle of us so now okay. we're at 14 so now we're at 14 exactly okay so are you ready for your next player? Yes. yes. One correct answer. We're going to go a bit more rogue here now. Misaki Doi. Oh, Chris, I don't... I mean, you, you're a WTA expert. I don't think she's been higher than 14, has <laughs> she? No way. No. None. So we're going so we're going lower. to go a comfortable lower. 
Yeah. If we had to put a number to it, I'm not sure she's been... 39? I'd say 33, maybe. Correct. Yes. Lower is the right answer. Career high ranking of 30. Oh, okay. Oh, well done. So that is your new... Okay, we're doing well. Your, that's your new number. That's, you're a third of the way there. That's two correct answers. Right. It's definitely get... easier than Manchester, Joel. I'm quite liking this. <laughs> right. Next player... Philip Kohlschreiber. Oh, he's Ooh, been higher than 30. He's definitely been in the... Yeah, he's definitely in the 20s. Maybe like a 29 or higher, Oh, no, maybe. I think he's been in the 10s. As in, like, I think he's been 13, 12 in the world, I would say. Well, we're both saying higher, and that's yeah, what higher. matters. Yeah, Correct, yes. Philip Kohlschreiber, higher. Career high ranking, 16. Oh, okay. <sighs> So See, I'm all, I'm I'm really not going to do well at this. <laughs> I assume he's retired now. He was quite a you know. So you're halfway. Solid player. You're halfway there, right? Things are getting a bit 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 spicier now. Mm. Next player, Joachim Johansson. Oh, uh, higher or lower than sixteen or same? I get right. him mixed up with Thomas Johansson, um, who I think would wow. have been higher. But I mean, he was pretty handy, wasn't he? I think he was probably probably top 10. Do you think? I don't Maybe really know much about him. Definitely top 15. Oh, because where are we at? What number are we at? Sorry. 16. 16. We're at. Oh, that's quite tricky. Could be same. I'm say- I, think, I think he's been higher. Uh, I'm going to go with your gut. You're the, you're the captain on this one. I don't think I... Joel's going to throw in a same this early on in the game. No. I'm trying to psychoanalyse yeah. Joel's game. I think he wants a few more, bit more support here. I'm going to say higher. Are we saying higher? I'll, I'll go with I'll go with you, Chris. Okay. I trust you. Oh, no. Otherwise, we're, so we're over and out, aren't we? If we get this yeah, wrong. Yeah, I think okay. so. You said Clef higher. No and... Yeah. It's a correct answer. Oh, yes. well done. He has actually <laughs> so been actually harder. He's been top 10 career high oh, ranking wow. of nine. So there you go. Well, so that's, that's I mean, four. I just don't want to let you down, Kim. That was actually more stressful than playing by yourself. <laughs> okay, right. So nine is your new starting point. And the player next on the list is Marion Bartley. Oh, she has been Ooh, higher. Higher than nine. Question. Surely she's been seven. I think she's world. been seven or above. Maybe number Six. five. Yeah. When but she won Wimbledon, higher. she must have gone up. I um, mean, Radicanu got to like number nine with the US Open. So, yeah. I mean, and she didn't play any other events at that point. So we're definitely saying higher. Higher, yeah. Five, let's say. Correct. It is higher. Yes. Career high ranking of seven. Oh, school. Oh, Kim, you did say that. Okay, so that's five. Oh, my God. I guess are she we did on... retire. She retired immediately after Wimbledon, didn't Basically, she? Basically, yeah. Mm. Are we on for a collector set full house in the first outing of collector set Haraloe? It all comes down to this. Are mm-hmm. you ready? So, Marion Bartley, career high seven. Yes. Final player. It's going to be the same, isn't it? I can tell. I can tell. Gail Monfils. <laughs> oh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I think he might have been seven. I think it could I was, be the same. If someone said to me, higher, lower, or same, or is it the eight, or is it eight in the world, or six? If I'm on, I think it five. Oh, I think he's been six or five. Mm. 
I think he's definitely been higher than top eight. Or he might have only got to nine or ten. But he, he's, he was regularly seeded for quarterfinals at one point, I believe. At slams. Yeah, like he had that semi, okay. a few semis, uh, oh, that semi at the French. Oh, it's going to be tough. Do you think Joel's done the same on us? Or do you think, you think lower, oh. I think higher. So should we say same? Should we? Oh, is this a trick question, I'm Kim? Gonna, really I'm going to have to push you okay, for an answer. Okay, oh, we'll be here all night. Yeah, should we say same? Same? I think Chris. Kim... <laughs> Kim thinks slightly lower, I think slightly higher. So we're going to try and go for the fact that Joel's going to put in a same. Yes. Yeah. I, I would, if I was guessing from scratch, I might have said seven. So same. I'd have said five. No, six. I'd have said six. I can tell you that same is... <laughs> an incorrect oh, answer. No. Oh, no. <laughs> you should have listened to someone and you should have listened to... Chris, oh, it was higher. Career sorry. high ranking of six. Oh, one higher. That's so, so close. That was an incorrect answer. You were very, very close to collect set. That but was that five. Is, that's good. That's good for the, the next game. That is a very good start. We can't win it straight away. Very, very good start. But yes. Listeners, tell us if you beat us, please. <laughs> Did you enjoy that game? I don't that. know. I think it's great, but it, you might not. You might disagree. Let us know. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I enjoyed I, it. I think it's very educational. I now know more about Masaki Doi's <laughs> career high ranking. Well, so. I think it's her final tournament this week. I think I was reading somewhere. Mm. Well, there you I go. You've clearly read more than we have. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I've thoroughly enjoyed your game. Um, and yeah, listeners, maybe let us know of any catchier titles. Or, and yeah, play um, along at home ideas. with someone. Don't have to do it by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look to see what's in our mailbag this week. We had uh, an email from Jackie. Thanks very much for getting in contact. Um, Jackie has asked, hello, Tennis Weekly. Following the recent Ultimate Tennis Showdown event in Frankfurt, I would love to know what player nicknames would you give to each other? Um, so, yeah, we had like various players in the lineup and they sort of were given, you know, particular. Did you see some of these nicknames? nicknames. I did. Casper Rude, the Iceman, Ooh. for example. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, Grigor Dimitrov, Norway, but... G Unit. Oh, that is so cringe. La Monf. I think that's kind of, you know, obvious for Wait, Monfils. Is, is Rublo just promoting his brand there? Andre Rublo. <laughs> that's. that's... <laughs> Sounds like Lego or Hang on. Duplo. Yeah. I mean, I'm There's not going to lie. There's consistency. I mean, I like Andrei Rublev's um, idea. And if, if I was entering myself personally, I would go Joel Tennis Weekly Girling. Definitely. <laughs> wow. It's actually was, a, th- a well, three-man operation here. <laughs> I was going to say Joel Chicken Shop Girling because oh. you're <laughs> always getting your fried chicken I like late at night. The the Spooner. You know, woo Joel, woo woo girling, woo woo girling, woo woo girling, or should it be Kim Hugo Hugo McKenzie? Yeah, I quite Uh, liked the the National Truster, Kim the National Truster. Yeah, you know, a bit of National Trusting. (laughs) Or how about Strictly Kim? Strictly Kim is that's quite good because you do keep us in order as well. Copenhagen Chris, I I don't know. Um, I I had Chris. I had like for some reason I had like. Chris Mystic Meg Kneebone because you know he 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 gets predictions right before anyone else it's it's on the radar of of anyone yeah, else. I mean, and then I, I just um, jump on the bandwagon later. AKA Coco. You could Goff. be Joel the bandwagon. Oh. <laughs> that could work. That could work. I was um, I was trying to think like what what I could be when it came to this. I mean, Mystic Meg I might take, but maybe 
um chris the shame because i've got the slam spoons of shame at the moment oh you know? yeah 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 you can see that love it oh well it's tricky isn't it when we have the croydon invitational <laughs> tournament we'll uh roll <laughs> out UTS. Croydon. uts croydon Ooh, oh yes. croydon tennis showdown yeah wow i mean that's what we, it all might, want we might to not see. get some of this um list all attending i'm not sure we'll see oh no rublev player <laughs> we might oh. get a liam brody we we might do. I mean, they can promote their you know their various things if they want to. Are invitational, but yeah, thank you, Jackie, for getting in contact. That um that was uh, nice for a bit of fun, and uh, you know, I, it's like in snooker, they introduce the players with their nicknames, don't they? Like Rocket mm. Ronnie O'Sullivan. So I don't know, maybe it's gonna catch on in tennis we're gonna need some point music next aren't we yeah if you ever announce instead of joel kim and mystic meg i will be furious (laughs) (laughs) we'll sneak it in somewhere without you realizing um that's why joel's in charge of editing uh (laughs) let's have a look at other bits and bobs from the world of tennis uh we do have the davis cup final eight draw that's been announced for november so um this is from the 21st of november till the 26th we've got the four ties um lined up Uh, canada versus finland czechia versus australia Italy versus Netherlands and Serbia versus Great Britain to start us off that week. Um, what do you feel about the draw? I mean, GB Serbia, that's that's going to be possibly, you know, Novak Djokovic uh, getting involved there, uh, which I think is quite quite exciting for Britain to, to be up against. But yeah, what do you make of, oh, of this? I wouldn't say exciting, Kim. I'm a little <laughs> bit downhearted by that draw. And the fact that, the fact that it feels like uh, I know the scheduling was probably for us in Manchester. I feel like arguably maybe this is against us because it's the last quarterfinal, the, uh, the 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 tour finals of the week before. So it almost feels like they're giving Djokovic as much time maybe off as possible before he has to pick up his racket again for, for team tennis. So uh, I'm a, I'm more pessimistic and than optimistic. I think seeing yeah. Serbia in the draw on a Thursday, I'd rather have maybe Djokovic in the semi-final, just because then maybe he'd have to have done double duty the day before. Um, well, it would be the day before. He'd still have a rest day because of the nature of how the semis are scheduled. But um, when you look at who the number two could be, I mean, you've got um, Dejer, who's playing very well. He's dangerous. You've got. Leovic as well I think it's Ketmanovic as well so that you've got you've got some players that could do some damage there and I think you know one of the things we talked about with Davis Cup and, and Great Britain is that we have a great team but we don't have that standout player that's going to be a dead cert for a win and when you play against a team that really does have one of them um, in the form of, of Novak Djokovic I think it's going to be tough but there will be a lot of support there I'm sure a lot of people are excited about this a lot of people are excited to take a trip to Malaga in the sun of November so um, hopefully they can extend their trip a little bit longer than just the Thursday. I mean, we might be able to scrape it on the doubles. I think the doubles will be key mm. if, depending on, you know, if we can get the singles wins over the, the non-Djokovic uh, player. But yeah, it would have been perhaps better for us to have got Finland, for example, in the draw. But never underestimate anyone. Yeah. We'll never I guess. underestimate I mean, top, Finland. I mean, no. that top half feels a little bit lightweight, I think, compared to the bottom half. I mean, the fact that Italy, Netherlands, Serbia... Um, and Grigibi, yeah, I mean, Yannick Sinner, Matteo Berrettini, Musetti, Italy, that also is going to be real heavyweight if you who, for whoever comes through. I mean, Netherlands also no slouches. I mean, they defeated, you know, USA. Um, so, 
Yeah, very tough. I would have It'd loved to have nice Canada to or Finland. Australia's draw, wouldn't it? But yeah. we had to win that last we had match to, to go through. I know. We couldn't slide so into second. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We might potentially be out in Malaga to witness some of that. So we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, let's look at what's happening this week. We've got uh, two 500 events on the hard courts in Tokyo and Beijing, as well as a couple of 250s, uh, one in China for the women and the Astana opening Kazakhstan for the men as well. Um, I guess much of the talk this week has been dominated somewhat by the performance buys in Tokyo that have been given out. So they're not giving out buys based on ranking. They're giving buys based on the previous week's uh, performance on tour. And there's one particular player that's not particularly happy about that, which is Elena Rabakina, because she hasn't got a first round buy as she expected. Um, So she's having to play, yeah, an an additional match, which she's not very happy about. This story is as gone I think way way out of proportion from earlier in the week because Rebecca has pulled out now um citing her her body and and fitness um but yeah at the start of the week when there was talk that you know she wasn't gonna get a buy into the second round automatically yeah she went out on on Instagram and very unlike her wasn't it I know she's very silent isn't she and normally just kind of keeps stum but um it, it shows, I think, how how much it, it irked her and, and provoked her into response because she posted on on her Instagram story performance by thank you for changing the rules last moment great decision as always at WTA and then she had a clown emoji and a circus emoji I mean this was pure fire straight at uh, the you know the WTA big wigs honestly um, if there was a love button I would smash the love button there because <laughs> don't you just think. Even in a situation which has just run a tournament like a tournament, the WTA has done something wild um, because the nature of it was essentially she was the only one who was losing her by. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that doesn't really make any sense. And I think, again, I'm, I'm sure that we can have a bigger debate here around whether there are too many buys in tennis and whether there should be more opportunities for players to play in draws and whether that's positive or negative. But the nature of this, I mean, it just seems like it was just so last minute and so badly thought out that, um, especially if you're Rebecca, who's, you know, really had a tough a tough run of it, you know, not getting Wimbledon points and all that side of things, um, she must feel that she can't catch a break because this is just completely bizarre and unwanted, really, I'd say. And for our listeners who are kind of like, what are what are performance buys? Because I'm not going to lie, Nobody I knows. was in that I was in that situation. <laughs> I didn't even know. I thought they were kind of a new thing. They have been around, but they're just rarely exercised. I think by tournament organisers, but they are essentially there to allow players who have performed well in the previous week to directly enter into the second round of the following tournament so they have more time to adjust the new time zone and conditions as you can imagine uh, with someone like Maria Sakkari doing so well in Mexico going all the way over to the other side of the world um, that was kind of where the that's where it kind well of intentioned in. well intentioned exactly but there, I guess there has to be a full person and you know in this case it was meant to be you know Rabakina who's obviously now pulled out but I mean what do you think on on the concept of this because to me I feel like it is it is unfair in the sense that this is your ranking you know you have worked hard to get your ranking to this place and, you know, this is one of the perks. This is one of the benefits of it when it comes to these draws, rightly or wrongly. I don't think, though, you should negatively be affected by, 
you know, having not played, mm. having not played a non-mandatory event the week before. I think also the issue here is that the WTA didn't communicate this with the players, and and it's also not consistent. Uh, from week to week. So some tournaments are choosing to do it and some aren't. So you're not going to necessarily know when you enter if they're not communicating what type of buys they're going to be giving. And you need to know so you can plan your schedule. And yeah, like you said, it's not it's not her fault she didn't play the week before, you know. So yeah. it's um, there needs to be a, a clear-cut, uh, well-communicated outline. Or better scheduling. I think I, I did a tweet about this because it feels like performance buys could easily be avoided if scheduling made more sense. If we're not across different continents all the yeah. time, over the cracks, aren't they? Like, oh, it's like we got this schedule. How can we, we make it the fairer? Players to play. Oh, we'll introduce. We won't fix the actual problem of the schedule. We'll just introduce a new thing um, yeah. to help to help remedy it. Well, do players get a performance buy who are playing for their country who are coming over from Cancun after the WTA finals? Maybe they should have better scheduling mm. with that. I think it, it asks a lot of questions. Um, and I completely agree with Kim. It's got to be consistent. Mm. Well, we'll see um, if any more tournaments decide to spring that on uh, players. Just on that, actually, guys, I, I will take a performance buy next week uh, for recording. So that's that one's on you. I'm just oh, going to... I will just take a buy. You, you won't be able to play Joel's some... game. <laughs> yeah. You but can also play that it means between you yourselves. <laughs> But that means you had some success the week before, which I don't seem to have <laughs> noticed. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Um, well, let's have a very quick look at the draw for Beijing, which is a 500 event. Carlos Alcaraz is the top seed. Uh, we've also got quite a lot of the Brits. We've got Andy Murray playing up against uh, a stacked draw, Devin isn't Orr. it? Yeah. Yeah. Cam Norris Decent. got Rublev. Dan Evans has got Sinner. So no easy matches Holger for British Holger Rune is players. on the court, Chris. I'm very excited. He's got a new headband. And he seems Ooh, very positive now. The power of the headband. Yeah, we've seen it before. It's worked for people. So, okay. you know, maybe this is when uh, his season comes back around. But he does say that he's kind of healed from his injury, which I'm not sure that's how backs work. So um, maybe sitting out the Labour Cup made sense. But I still think it could be a bit soon for him to do something mega, potentially. But still, I'll be watching. And we've got the Ningbo Open in China for the women. Uh, on Shabor is the top seed there. Kvitova uh, also the second seed. So we'll be rounding that all up uh, next week, as well as the Astana Open for the men, where Talon Griegsbor is the top seed uh, and Sebastian Byers the second seed. So it's, it's not got quite happening. the same ring to it without... Uh, did, did Djokovic play this? He had he a great... Did. This yes, was, this was, he did. Wasn't this your favourite result Medvedev. of the entire year? Was the final... Yes, did... Medvedev it was retired. Two Djokovic withdrew. Who 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 two forfeited? Medvedev withdrew. Yes, that's it. Yes, yeah. and it was your favourite match of last year. Yes, that was some quality yeah. tennis. Shame the draw this time hasn't obviously quite lived up. Yeah, Djokovic going Tel Aviv next. That's still on the schedule. <laughs> oh my god, we could get a very old school matchup. Just having a look, round two, you could you could see uh, Stan the Man, Stan Vavrinka versus Dominic Team. Brilliant. Ooh. I'm there for that. If it happens. Yeah. And we've well, got all the French bash as well. Manorino but... versus Rindanet. And the winner could play Mute. Oh, French number one. <laughs> Goodness. Mute in his underarm serves, potentially. We I could have know. a French version of Joel's game with um, yeah. oh. <laughs> French well, number one. <laughs> well, I'm sure that that's going to happen because he definitely put me through my paces on the French players when we were in Manchester. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. But yeah, I don't know. Did you see him? Yeah, Mute. I don't know if he was joking, but he was in an interview earlier in the week basically saying... Um, yeah, I've been trying out my underarm serve. I just might make it my full-time like first serve, um, <laughs> which I mean, yes, okay, 
could that be a thing? I suppose it's not illegal. I I would say slightly unlikely. I think there might have been a dose of sarcasm there because I've just had a quick look and he actually won 80% of first serve points in his last match. So um, maybe that was because he had just lost to Ketmanovic, um, having not necessarily served as well as he would have liked. Or maybe his opponent thought, heard that interview and was like, he just prepared, just prepared for underarm serves all the time and wasn't prepared at all. Yes. I'm not <laughs> sure how much he can practice an underarm serve. I guess it's the, in the disguise because he can't do much with it, I guess. But um, we wish him well with that, don't we, from Tennis Weekly HQ? Yeah, we do. We do. We'll see. We'll see how he gets on. We'll see how everyone gets on. But this is we're going to leave it there for this, our latest episode of the Tennis Weekly podcast. Remember to subscribe to us to stay up to date on all the action to come from the ATP and WTA tours with the Asian Swing in full swing. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcasting platforms out there. And if you like what you're hearing, then make sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow us on social media or email the show. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Our handle is at Tennis Weekly Pod. You can also purchase exclusive Tennis Weekly merchandise at etsy.com slash shop slash tennis weekly podcast or you can email us on tennisweeklypod at gmail.com and our website is also tennisweekly.co.uk if you'd like to check us out there too and we will be back next week at tennis weekly hq for our next tour catch up so i hope you can join us for that but in the meantime it's goodbye from kim goodbye it's goodbye from chris goodbye and it's goodbye from me We'll see you again soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.